Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify the Lord together. All glory, all honor, all praise, Lord. Let's do your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on. Why don't we just lift our hands right now and reach out to the Lord. Just praise him, glorify him, magnify and exalt his holy name together. How bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are great and greatly to be praised. So good to see each and every one of you in the house this morning. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody put a smile on your face. Put your hands together and clap to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a good day, beautiful day, man. Time flies. We're pretty much in the middle of December and, and in the last last weeks of 20 and 22. And, and, and man, if you, if you blink for a little while, you close your eyes for a little while and, and time just rushes past. So enjoy, take your time and, and do things that are important. Do things that count. Spend time with family. Spend time with your children. Hallelujah. Speak words of faith in their life. Speak over them words of faith. Speak faith to your friends. Speak faith to your, to your loved ones. Say words of faith to people that haven't even come to know him yet and just believe that God's going to do a work in their lives. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen. We want to go to the Lord in prayer right now and just ask for God's strength and touch upon this service that he would minister and move in this house and just do whatever it is that he wants to do. If you have a need in your life, make that known by lifting up your hand. Go ahead and say it out loud right now. Speak it out. Speak it out. Hallelujah. You're not saying that for your neighbor. You're not saying that for your family member. You're saying that to the Lord. He said, cast your cares on him for he careth for you. Now let's lift up our hearts. Let's call upon the name of the Lord together. Come on, let's pray together. Pray together. Cast your cares on him. Come on, make your request, your petitions known unto God. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray your strength. We pray your power. Pray your divine anointing to come down in this house, Lord, that you would touch, that you would minister, that you would do what only you can do, Lord. In the name of Jesus, touch and minister families, touch and minister to marriages, touch and minister to single adults, Lord, to young people, to teenagers. God, minister to our kids, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. You are great and greatly to be praised. Lift up faith in this house. Lift up faith in this house. Help us to believe you for the impossible in Jesus' name. For nothing, nothing is impossible with you, Lord. Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' name. Could you one more time put your hands together and clap to the Lord? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are in the right place this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, you may be seated. So good to be home and be back at Christian Life this morning. I missed being here last week, but we was in a good place. And I want Brother Andrade to come at this time. And, and I, I mentioned it on Thursday night. Did you watch Thursday night service? Probably you did? Okay. I mentioned on Thursday night how, how what a wonderful job uh, uh, Luis
ladies did in, in the organizing of everything and, and uh, putting it all together and orchestrating it. And, and the Lord certainly helped him. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it was just great, everything that, that went together and flowed and the scheduling and, and the amount of people that came out and, and, and the good things that God did there. Andrade, we want you to come and, and, and tell us a little bit about it. If you can stay down there, you can come up here, do whatever you want. You're the boss. Will you praise the Lord for me for a moment? Raise your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. We praise you, Lord. We adore you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful God we serve. You know, I was telling Sister Molly, but can you guys keep a secret for me? Pastor Turnbull was with his favorite babies over there. But please don't tell Andrew who the favorite is. Just keep that between us. We missed that. I, me and Andrew, neither one heard what he said. So. <laughs> Good. That means you're going to keep the secret. <laughs> we had an amazing time. The Lord definitely uh, just moved in a way that, you know, I've never experienced before. And it, it was so wonderful. He did so many amazing things. And there's no doubt no doubt in my mind, in my heart, that it was the Lord doing everything. And, and I have so many things to share, and I don't want to take too much time. But, you know, we went up to this volcano to pray. And the wind was blowing higher. And I don't, I don't remember if it was you that pointed out to the wave or somebody pointed out to the wave down below and said, is that a wave? I said, yeah, you know, this place is known for surfing. And then I pointed out to an island where we were going to have lunch after we pray. And the wind, of course, up high, it was blowing pretty, pretty hard. And as we were praying and as we were prophesying and, and, and the word of faith was being spoken, all of a sudden, you know, I got pretty brave. And I told the wind, I said, hey, every word of faith, every prophecy that has been spoken, I said, it is your job right now. To go and see it in every single one of these three countries that we can see and the neighboring countries. So we go have lunch and we're sitting in the middle of this island. And what was funny to me is we go to this island because it's an island. It's in the middle of the water and there's wind all the time. So even though we're outside, it doesn't feel so hot. But there was no wind this time. And we were sweating. I mean, I can see that we were all uncomfortable. I mean, it was, it was really hot. And, you know, usually right at the beach where the boats are, I mean, you see the waves, nothing. Some of us were so brave that they were pointing at another island that they said they could swim because it looked so close. And it was 6.5 miles. They changed their mind after they, we looked it up. But as I was there and I started thinking, I said, hey, where's the wind? And I felt a voice that said, hey. Did you just, just forget? You just told the wind what to do? He said, if you told it to go, why do you expect it to be here? I said, okay, I can deal with the heat, I guess. You know, that'll teach me a lesson. You know, maybe not send all the wind, right? Um, but we had an amazing time. And, and as Pastor alluded to on Thursday, it was so great, okay, that I got back on Monday and I headed to Las Vegas Tuesday morning, 
for a business conference and a company meeting. And I, I didn't talk business, bro. Everybody at the conference, from coworkers, from vendors, from everybody, everybody's asking me about how it went in El Salvador. And so I was talking to one of my vendors and, and I was telling him what the Lord had done. He goes, let me stop you for a moment. He goes, as you speak and as you tell me what the Lord did, he goes, I just feel, feel the hairs in my neck. They're just standing up. And I, and I feel something so powerful. He goes, I can't explain it. And so I, I could tell you that there was a few times that I probably, my driving was probably a little scary for Brother Turnbull and the guests. You know, they pointed that out Very. a few times. Now, he did hear that. You, you see how, how this works. Um, now, I did give him a taste. I said, hey, I don't, I don't drive like this in Houston or in the States. I said, but when I pull behind an 18-wheeler and I slow down there, like, no, 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 no. Just go back to how you were doing it. They didn't want to get take too long. Selective hearing. I don't remember anybody saying that. <laughs> but brothers and sisters, you know, this was so wonderful. I, I mean, words cannot express. And the team committed go back for at least four more years, okay? Don't lose your chance. This is an experience that you, this is not something that, you know, just by hearing it's going to stick. You got to be able to get involved. You got to be able to experience it yourself so you can go on and multiply, not just add, but multiply. I mean, this was just amazing. And, I, and I, as I keep talking to the people over there and I keep hearing reports, I mean, even offering, I was sharing with the team, they said when they have a huge event, the most they ever raise barely is like $500. They raised over $2,300 in that one night. Now, for you, that might not sound like a lot because some of you probably make that in a day. But, you know, that local area didn't even have a bank account to put that money in because they never had that money. And, and so now they have a base, something to start, right? So, I mean, the Lord blessed monetarily, the Lord blessed with healing, the Lord blessed with just the pouring of the Holy Ghost. And, I mean, it was so incredible because one of the days, it was, it was a day like this, and we were sharing with ministers and their wives. And the impartation that happened there, the, 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 the world faith, you know, just becoming more alive in the life of those ministers, one of them comes to me the next day. He goes, brother, he goes, after we were there, we had our church service because we were not going to have our service on Sunday. So they had their service on Saturday. And they said that they had a couple of people that for like six years, they had been trying to receive the Holy Ghost. And they went after the service that we had, you know, the ministering and the impartation of faith. And they went and they prayed and they instantly, those two people were filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, we can do that better. Come on, let's give God glory. I mean, our God is amazing and he's doing wonderful things. Now, I say this to share that this was just not in El Salvador. We have the same God. He's here. And if you're sick... You're going to be healed this morning. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to receive it this morning. 
All you have to do is claim it. You have to possess it. You have to claim that gift that God is giving you. You have to take ownership of it. So, Chess, I have so many things, but I, I, I don't want to take more time. But I would tell you that if you can make the time to go with us next year, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be bigger. In fact, our goal next year is to rent a 44,000 people seat stadium. And if I remember the word of faith that was spoken is we're looking for about 20,000 people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Can you praise the Lord for that? Would you be willing to be, take a part of that, for that, on that? So we're looking forward to what God is going to continue to do, not just in Central America, not just in Latin America, but in this place. Come on. If you believe that, give God a hand. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give the Lord another hand clap. Amen. You may be seated. Andrew, come. Tell us what you experienced or what you liked or just say something to us. Amen, amen, amen. I, first off, I'm going to say, every time before I got in the car, I repented, okay? Every time. Amen. Amen. That is a true statement, A lot folks. of tongue talking in the van. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, that was some of the most fear I've ever had in my life, sitting in that van with him. I, I'm just saying, we'll be going down the road, and it'll be a curve, and he would be passing these trucks. You can't see anything. Just going. It's crazy. Truth. But, you know, Brother Andrade said it very well. I mean, it, it was life-changing, guys. I mean, seeing everyone who would come came that Sunday for the crusade, but like over 3,000 people probably, it was just, it was life-changing. It was, it was something no one could ever, like you can't imagine or grasp just by thinking about it, but it's something you had to be there for. Like he said, it's an experience. It's, it's not, you can't like compare it to anything. Seeing these people who are so hungry for God and so like thirsty for like something to touch their country and just like, they needed it. They were there for it, and it was just, like, heartwhelming and overwhelming. And um, my favorite part was when Brother Robinette spoke the word of faith. And after we prayed for everybody, and I was actually all the way in the back, and my father said that they were looking for me and couldn't find me because I had to count half of the estimate. I was all the way in the back, and when they were coming to, like, count, I had to run through at least a thousand people pushing my way and it was that was hard too i mean these people were trying to get as close to the stage to get their healing and i had to push my way to get up here because they were looking for me but when he said when robinette said if you had received the holy ghost for the very first time by speaking with the evidence of speaking in tongues and my job was to cut it in half and look this way right so around 1,500 people. And when he said that, I kid you not, every hand raised. Like, it was, it was incredible. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't see a single hand that was up. There was an overwhelming amount of hands that went up to the point where you couldn't even realize who didn't raise their hand. 
And it was even more when he asked for healings. I mean, it was just incredible. It was life-changing. And, I mean, it's just it's awesome to see how God is still moving today. It's incredible to see how God is still touching lives today and that there is nothing he can't do it's just tonight, today, this morning. There's nothing he can't do. If you need a healing, just like people in El Salvador did, it's to, today's for you right now. It's, it's today. Aora. 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 They sang this song, Fuego, 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 and it has been on my mind like since I've been back. Just Fuego, 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 Fuego. Just Fuego, 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 Fuego. What's that mean? Man, you guys ought to come. Come on, we're already here. Fire, 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 fire. Hallelujah. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost come upon you and not just come upon you, but be in you and reside in you. Not just a, not just a one time a week thing, but live it. Live it, live it, live it. Let's look at uh, some of the, the um, photos and stuff. So there, I think they showed that on last Sunday, if you guys were here. That's us on top of that volcano and praying over the three nations that we could see. And you could see the line, the river that divided the line between, was it El Salvador and Honduras? And then the other country was Nicaragua. All three of those nations, when we stood right there, you could see them. So we was, we was praying over all three of those nations that God would just pour out his spirit and work signs, wonders, and miracles in people's life. This is Andrew's, Andrew's lunch. I wouldn't eat it, but uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't think I put a picture of a pupusa up there, but that's, that's something. Anybody ever had those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were, those were good. I think I need to uh, lose about five pounds after going there, but... Uh, uh, God is good anyhow. Next one. Okay, now this is a little bit confusing to me. Um, see, this is, this is one of the places that Brother Andrade booked for us. And, uh, uh, you know, the driving was one thing. But uh, then when you got electricity in the shower, it's, you know, so I, I you know, some questionable things things going on, and I will say that the driving was, you know, I even said, because the first couple of days Anna wasn't with us, I said, does you drive this way with, with your wife? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, drive this way, because I've driven with him over here, and it's not a big deal, and then, and then over there, uh, I'm like, I'm going to tell Anna, you know, and she, we're going to get her so that this will be a little safer, she can come ride with us, and man, it was absolutely no different, and uh, uh, I don't know what the deal is, but uh, uh, Cur and, and, and in all honesty, in his defense, you're in a van and you're going around curves, so the whole thing is, is shaking, you know, and moving, and I'm having to hold on. Like I told, I told them over there that I hadn't worked out in a, in a week, but yet I used, I used a lot of core muscles to try to stay in my seat and, uh, and, and some arm muscles and legs and, and such just because it was, <laughs> I mean, it was... It was, you know, if you didn't pray through at the crusades and the services, you definitely would pray through in the car. And, uh, you know, before I went, you know, you check the uh, Department of State and all that stuff and see where you're, where you're traveling. And, and El Salvador happens to be, um, you know, kind of like Bangladesh and, and Philippines down there at, at three, uh, level three, where, where it says, if you look it up right now, it says to reconsider travel. Reconsider travel. That's the level three. Level four is they won't let you, okay? But level three is reconsider travel. So I'm thinking, you know, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll see, you know? And uh, uh, we get there, honestly, 
the, the most fear of anything that I had was Brother Andrade's driving. And, and that's, that's honestly the truth. Felt more safe there than I did in the Philippines. Felt more safe there than I did in, in Bangladesh. And we're thankful for the Lord, how he uh, uh, kept his hand upon us and, and moved in a great way. All right, next. Okay, this, I, I think you guys might have seen something similar to that. that I had the uh, uh, privilege of having, having our own Brother Andrade uh, translate for me on, on that uh, night at the Vice President's Church. Next slide. Go to the next one there. And this was the church that that happened at. And that was, were we in San Salvador there? That was in San Salvador. The one before it was two hours on the other side of San Salvador. And then where we had the uh, crusade was in San Miguel, about three, three and a half hours from that in the other direction. Next slide, please. Okay, this was on the Saturday where we, uh, I think I said it on Thursday night, we spoke for three hours to about 100 pastors and their wives. Very powerful, powerful setting, and, and uh, God done great things. And three hours wasn't just one speaker. We had three different, three different speakers and, and a meal as well. So God did great things there. Next one. Okay, this is where we did the crusade in San Miguel. I believe there was 2,500 of those white chairs, 2,500 of those white chairs. So it's estimated that there was, there was probably 4,000 people there because it wasn't just people in chairs. There was people standing all around, all the way around in the back and from, from the middles and, and different things. So, so it was a great thing. Next one. They had a little pool there where they were baptizing people as the service went on and after the service. That was us. Uh, you can see there that the sun was still shining. When we got there, it was so hot. And you'll see on one of the next videos that the sun was coming right over that volcano and, and just kind of crushing us right in the face. And, and uh, uh, it was a beautiful thing. Next one. Okay, there you can see that volcano is right there in front of us. That's not the one that we went up on, though, right? No, because uh, uh, it was actually active. Uh, go to the next next slide. Next slide. I don't know Spanish and I could sing that song.
Next slide. Jimmy. Next one. All right, and that's just a that's just a photo of, of the the outlook of the of the crowd and just such a powerful. All these crusades are always just so powerful. And uh, like both of them said, it's it's not enough just to see the picture. It's not enough just to be told about it. You need to experience it for yourself. And until you actually are in that setting, it, it, it you, you can't really grasp it just from from seeing the. The, the photos and some of the videos and stuff, but being there is, is a definite experience that, that is and can be and, and will be if you can experience it life-changing, life-changing. The next one, I think this might be the last one. Is that the last one? Okay, and that's the last one. That's just, just uh, I think this is actually after the, 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 the word of faith had been spoken and after people had received the Holy Ghost and, and signs, wonders, and miracles, people was healed and claimed their miracles. We 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 numbered uh, a considerable number, and then you know you want you want the nationals to be able to declare their own number, and then we we set with that. So so they said 800 people were baptized in the Holy Ghost for the very first time. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. The goal was 500, so 800 superseded that. And then they said a thousand people, a thousand people received the miracles, miracles in their life. Let's give the Lord a hand for that as well. So just a great time, great time. And as as Andrade said, there will be opportunities, and and um, there's always opportunities to go places. You can go to Bangladesh. That that uh, folks is is a El Salvador. Hey, we ate, we ate fine, you know, and, and, and for the most part, you know, as long as you didn't put your hair dryer in the shower, you know, you, 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 you slept fine and the, and the accommodations were fine. You, need, you know, you want a, a, an absolute life change where you, you get, you know, uprooted out of, out of the comforts of here, go to Bangladesh, folks. Go to Bangladesh, eat that food, stay in those accommodations and watch thousands upon thousands receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time, Muslim people. And uh, you talk about a life change. Any of these would be a life change. So, man, I, I encourage you. I encourage you. Opportunities come. Save your money. Start putting back. Save your money. And, and uh, uh, it, it, can, it can change your life. But, but it changes other people's lives. But in doing so, it'll change, change your life. Can we stand back to our feet? Thank you in advance for your faithfulness and your giving to God through Christian life. If you have to give today, you can give back in the black offering bucket by way of cash or check. You can also give online at clcsugarland.com, and then you can text to give at 281-612-7707. We put God first. We put God first in everything in our, in our life, in Jesus' name. We're going to dismiss the children to go to their respective classes at this time. And then everybody else stay right here. I feel like I've already been talking for, for quite some time. So, so I'll, just, I'll just teach for maybe an hour and a half and then, and then we'll be done. <laughs> Not really. Not really.
but good to see everybody. If you're a guest in the house, if it's your first time or if you're viewing online for the first time, if you could go to the QR code right there with your phone and just uh, fill out the information. It's just, it's just uh, an electronic way of us keeping track of, uh, of you, not that we want to get in your business, but we want to know that you're here so that we can, we can send you some stuff and maybe, maybe uh, uh, tell you some next steps that you can do in your life through Christian life. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Could we pray one more time and just ask for God's strength upon our hearts, upon our minds, upon our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful, God, for what you're doing, not only right here, but all over the world. Lord, but right here, right now, God, in our, in our current situation, you're able to touch us. You're able to strengthen us. You're able to minister and move. Sometimes we look at these things, and, 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 and if we weren't there and didn't experience it, we kind of write it off and and sometimes even have some doubt that those things actually happen. We were eyewitnesses of these things, Lord. And, and I just pray, God, that faith would rise in our hearts and in our lives right now, that, that it doesn't have to be in a, in a foreign nation, but, God, you can move here right now in this place. God, that we're not afar off. You're not afar off, but you're a God that's nigh at hand. And the very hairs of each one of our heads are numbered. Lord, you know exactly where we are. You know exactly who we are. You know exactly what our struggles are. And I, God, I pray right now that you would just help and strengthen, touch and anoint in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you give him one more hand clap of praise? God bless you. You may be seated. Amen and amen. careful who you allow to speak into your life. You don't ask the woman at the well that Jesus came up to at noontime. You don't ask that woman marriage advice because she's had five and the one that she was with wasn't even her husband. Somebody say Amen. You wouldn't hire a trainer that's packing on extra pounds. You just, you just wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. You don't take parenting advice from somebody that doesn't have kids. You don't do it. How, how could you? What, what advice, other than what they heard or what they've, they've read, could they give to you? You won't take spiritual advice for someone whose life is in shambles. You don't do that. Be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Someone can be, have been in church all their life and still not have any wisdom about spiritual things. It's a simple fact. People can talk about reaching the world and yet never converted a sinner from their ways. If the blind lead the blind, Scripture says they will both fall into a ditch. Before you talk about reaching the world, reach one. Before you talk about these big and incredible things, reach one. Teach 
one person a Bible study. Invite and bring with you one person. Each one, reach one. And then the multiplication takes place. Because then that person then in turn reaches another. And then, and then those two in turn reach another. That's life-changing, life-giving. And that's revival. I'm not talking about something I've only read. I've lived it. I've seen personally lives transformed. I've seen when the light bulb, so to speak, goes off in somebody's mind and, and they see their need to be baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ. I've sat across individuals in living room settings uh, where they said, yes, uh, I see it. Uh, I want to be baptized. When can I be baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ? I've seen it. Seen lives transformed by the power of God. I've seen the blind see. I've seen the deaf hear. I've seen the lame walk. I've been an eyewitness of his majesty. That doesn't happen because of an individual. That happens from our great God. Somebody lift your hands to him right now. He's the one that works miracles. He's the one that does a work and transforms people's lives. I've seen the word of faith spoken and, and hundreds and even thousands receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. So I can stand with faith knowing that, that the God that did it before can do it again. The God that transformed before can transform again. The God that put it together before can put your life together here in this house this morning. If you believe that, put your hands together and clap to the Lord. If he did it before, he can do it again. God will give you the strength that you need to overcome. I've seen him do it time and time again. But you've got to humble yourself. You don't come to God proud thinking that you know it all, thinking that, that, that you've got all the answers. No, you come to him humbly and say, God, I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to work it out. I don't know how to fix my own problem. And when you humbly bow before him, he he meets you. God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you in due time. You are more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Joshua chapter number 17. We'll read about four verses here. Verse 15. And Joshua answered them, Thou be great people. Then get thee up to the wood country and get down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and, and of the giants. If Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee, and I'll explain what's going on in just a minute. Verse 16 says, and the children of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, the children of Joseph, the hill is not enough for us is what they said. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have, listen to this. This is their excuse, and this is what their, their frustration is. They're, 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 getting, they're getting told where their inheritance was or their tribe, that, that people was going to go in the land of Canaan and live there. And this was their frustration. 
They said that, 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 that these people that, that, that dwell in the valley, they have chariots of iron. Both they and, and Bethsheen and her towns and, and they who are in the valley of Jezreel. Now see, the, the frustration here is they're giving a land there to drive out the inhabitants. And they're saying, hold on a minute now. The place you're giving us, the people there have iron chariots. And you could see the frustration because they don't have iron chariots. And they see the, the obstacle before them was that the, the people that they were supposed to drive out had iron chariots. Now, you can picture in your mind the movies and, and, and these, you know, different things on iron chariots and horses driving them. And, and, and I can see their frustration. Joshua spake in verse 17 into the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a great people. And have great power. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got great power. You are a great people and have great power. This is what Joshua's saying. Thou shalt not, on, not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine. For it, it is a wood, thou shalt cut it down, the outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou shalt... Thou shalt drive out the inhabitants. Thou shalt drive out the Canaanites. Even though, even though they have chariots of iron. Even though in your mind it's something that's impossible, it's something that's beyond you, it's something that you do not have the ability to do. Joshua said you will do it you shall do it and though they be strong you still shall do it you shall you shall turn to your neighbor and say you shall you shall joshua spoke to ephraim and manasseh of actual reality physical reality touchable substantial material things big things but the mountain shall be then for it is wood and thou shalt cut it down the outgoings of it shall be thine and you will you shall drive out the inhabitants he was prophetically speaking to the children of joseph here that they shall do something that they had not yet done that has not taken place uh, Yet, in this scene, Joshua was near the end of his years of leadership in Israel and was parceling out the locations which would be the inheritance of the various tribes of Israel in the land of promise. And when Joshua came to the portion of the land which was to fall to the tribe of Joseph, he was met with some Disproval. The land given to them was narrow, they said. The land was wooded, they said. And the people that dwell there, they, 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 the ones that they were to, to, to drive out were strong people. And Joshua said that the tribe of Joseph would win the land even though the Canaanites had iron chariots. Even though they were, they were iron chariot possessors, which gave them a great advantage over somebody that didn't have an iron chariot. 
And when Joshua said in the face of the unassailable fact of superior military force must have seemed like sheer folly to those who did not possess the faith in God which Joshua possessed. Joshua knew that God would make a way where there seemed to be no way. Joshua knew that if God said it, he would perform it. So if you didn't see it how Joshua saw it, it must have seemed like, oh, he's just saying some things here. Look at the issue. Examine the odds here. Consider the dangers. And any woman or man without faith is rightfully throwing up their hands in despair and saying, how in the world could this be done? Folks, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible. Without faith, there there will be times when one stands on some chill boundary of the world where all uncertainties have collapsed and all hope within them has disappeared. Now, the person who is without faith in the Lord might easily come to that, might easily look at the obstacles that they face and say, there's no way. How can we overcome? How can this take place? How could it happen? Standing with Joshua, such a person must conclude that there is no way through, no way out, no deliverance, no escape, and no liberation. The Canaanites had chariots of iron. And on the ordinary form chart, in the regular thinking, this made the case for the Israelites hopeless since they didn't have iron chariots. How could they go up against iron chariots if they didn't have any? God knows the world of sense and sound. God knows the world of raw material power and the bristling and the bruising physical might. He knows that it'll chill your very bone. He knows that it'll terrify you if, if you only have physical eyes to see and therefore can only see physical things. There is much around us to intimidate us. There's much around us in this life to to discourage us and often make us fearful. Physical eyes, righteous, God-fearing people cannot help but noticing that in our society so many, so many instruments of influence are, are in the hands of people who seem to care little about the things of God and often make decisions and even place in the law things that are anti-Christ. What a futile life must anyone have who faces all of these uncertainties and all of these uh, impossibilities uh, of life with no resources of faith and vision of the things that are not seen. The odds are against us all and, and the hazards that are set against us are like chariots of iron. 
seeing the disappointments and the cloudy judgments which must proceed in so much of life, the, the physical dangers you face, the, the psychic risks that we must all take. It, it must seem all too often to many that we cannot bring life off or, or with any honor or decency. We can't pull it off because we must fight against iron chariots. Something bigger than us, something stronger than us, uh, something that we cannot penetrate. The wonder is not that we men and women should be sometimes afraid, given the grim uh, outlook of things which can lead up to us all of the sudden and come upon us when life shows up. The wonder is, is that we should ever be free of fear. That we should ever be free of terror if we are looking at is what is visible and what is likely. It is not hard to prophesy what course each of our lives will follow when you only look at what you see. You will have your own life. There will be some bright days. There will be some good days. There will be many dull gray days as well. There'll be some storm-filled days. There'll be some sickness. There'll be some separation at least. Uh, and then there will be death. So is this life here on earth. They have iron chariots. But here's the good news. Even though they have iron chariots, you will overcome. Even though the odds are stacked against you visibly, you will overcome. That's the words of Joshua, and that's what he spoke to the children of Joseph. Now, unless Joshua knew something which the surface evidence does not reveal, he wouldn't be taken too seriously. Those that are against you have iron chariots. You do not have iron chariots, uh, but you will, you shall drive them out. A reasonable person, reasonable person has the right to ask Joshua, Joshua sir, on, on what do you base this evidence? Uh, how can you say this could possibly happen? How in the world uh, could this physically happen? And what Joshua said to the children of Joseph, uh, Joseph was either cruel deception groundless optimism unless unless Joshua was looking somewhere other than the natural facts well the record is that this wild incredible word which Joshua spoke to the tribe of Joseph did come to pass it did come to pass. Uh, they did drive them out. They did possess that land, even though the others had iron chariots. Canaanites with their iron chariots uh, and their strength did give way to the children of God. Uh, how could Joshua, how could he confidently say this to the descendants of Joseph uh, and not be dealing uh, in the most dangerous uh, perception? The answer lies. Uh, the answer lies uh, in what the prophet Elisha saw when he prayed for his young companion 
to see. The very answer lies in 2 Kings chapter number 6. It was Elisha that was asleep. But when he woke up, as his servant woke him, after looking at the, at the hills, that were they were surrounded by their enemy. Elisha was not staggered at this news. And when he was awoken by his servant, was scared to death by what he saw. Elisha was not scared. And in verse number 17, his words were, Lord, Lord. It's getting ready to be, be prayer there. He said, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eye, the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Stay with me. Stay with me. Elisha, the servant of God, listen, was being pursued by the Syrian king, Benadad, because Elisha had revealed to the Israel's king what the Syrian ruler was planning. Pretty much every time the Syrian ruler, the enemy, uh, the enemy king was getting ready to, 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 to attack Israel or set up some type of ambush or something, the Lord would tell the prophet Elisha and, and they, would, they, would, they would then escape from there or change their plans or, or whatever. And it came time, the, the, the king, after this happened so many times, the enemy king said, hey, which one of you guys are against me and for them? Which one of you are going and telling the king of Israel every time I... I planned something because it appeared that somebody was telling him. It appeared that somebody was telling that king every time he had some type of secret plan, they knew it in advance. It's kind of like coming to, to a service and, and, and you think, hey, maybe somebody, somebody told uh, the man of God. Maybe somebody told him what I was going through. Maybe somebody told him what I was going to, a uh, decision I was going to make or situation that was in my life because he's speaking right to it. Same thing's happening here. God spoke to Elisha every time, and he warned the king right before the plans were able to take place. So, so they, the king said, hey, who's against me? They said, oh, no, it's not somebody against you, but there's a prophet in Israel. There's a prophet in Israel, and God is speaking to him, and he knows the very secrets that you keep in your bedchamber. He knows the very things that you're saying in secret. And let me just tell you right now, God knows absolutely everything. He knows everything that you do in secret. He knows everything that you do in public. And, and let me just say, like Brother Andrade, so respectful of authority. God blesses that. Respectful of, of people that are in authority. All when we were over there, it didn't matter if it was a pastor, didn't matter if it was a leader, didn't matter if it was his pastor, didn't matter if it was an apostle. He was respectful of all the authorities. You know what God does with that? He blesses. He blesses. He wasn't sitting back and saying, oh, they're doing this all wrong. What do, what do they know? They don't know what to do. We need to do it this way. We need to do it that way. He didn't do that at all. He just lifted up the hands of Moses. He was the heir and lifting up the hands of Moses and blessing will flow down into his life in Jesus name and will into yours as well if you do the same thing. Lift your hands and receive that in Jesus name. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is another place where folks sometimes have a hard time understanding. People in church will think sometimes that someone has been running to, to the pastor and say, saying things and telling them things that, that you were talking about to somebody else. And, and that's not ever the way it happens. Sometimes people that speak don't even know that they're speaking right to you. Sometimes they will know, but they may not say anything to you. But at the other times, they'll just be speaking uh, through the anointing and through the word of God. And that word of God, which is alive, will come down and speak to your life. God knows all your business. He doesn't need somebody telling him. He already knows all about your life. So Elisha told Israel's king every time. And finally, Benadab, the king, found out, out that it was Elisha. And he decided to send a, a company of, uh, of men, soldiers, down and, and to get Elisha. This always dumbfounds me because does he not think that God is going to make a way down there? He's, he's made a way every other time for Elisha and even told Elisha that what you were doing and, and now you're going to do this. How do you think this is going to happen? But, but he does it. He surrounds Elisha, goes down to Dothan. Benadab planned to set a trap by night. The king of Syria sent an order and a detachment of troops, horsemen, and chariots. Elisha don't have a chariot. But he sent chariots uh, to be dispatched to Dothan, and they were ordered to march under the cover of darkness so the trap would be carefully set. Behold, the Syrian army preparing the march, and iron chariots standing long, ominous rows, and foot soldiers stand rank on rank, and, and the horses, and, and, and all of these, all of these men. And at night, the army of Syria, they come and they surround where this lone prophet is. They surround Dothan, and, and, and how strong the powers of evil sometimes seem to come against you in life. Listen to me. I'm not going to take much longer. Scooche. Scooche me. At night, it comes, and it's all of these, all of these soldiers, all of these chariots, and the army, and the horsemen, and the iron chariots of Syria surround the town of Dothan. And early in the next morning, Elisha's young servant, the lad, he gets up, perhaps to make breakfast for the man of God. And he walks out of the home where Elisha is staying. And through his sleep-drowsed eyes, he, he gazes out, and he sees this strange sight wasn't something that he was, he was prepared for. And, and, and he looks, and everywhere he looks, he sees the, uh, uh, the metal glance of swords. Everywhere he looks, he sees these iron chariots. Everywhere he looks, he sees that he is surrounded from the north to the south, from the east and to the, to the west. They're everywhere. A ring of iron around a defenseless child of God. And the young man cries to Elisha, last master, what shall we do? How shall we do? What in the world are we going to do about this? Look at this problem that has come upon us. What are we going to do? Folks, it takes faith to answer the kind of question that he had. And Elisha's first words to the man was, fear not. I know you're looking at your situation, you're looking at your problem, and sometimes it grips you with fear. Fear not. Don't let fear overcome you from the battle that you're facing. They that be with us are more than they be with them. So says verse 16. They that be with us are more than they 
be with them. And, and if you remember the story, all the lad saw was completely surrounded. Completely surrounded. And then Elisha prays. Doesn't pray for the problem. Doesn't pray for an escape route. Because when, you're, when your vision is clouded, sometimes you think that the right thing for you is actually the wrong thing. Sometimes you think that what you need is this. When the Lord knows better than what you know. He knows the end from the beginning. And Elisha doesn't pray about the enemy. He prays for the young man. Think about that. He doesn't pray about the situation. He prays for the boy. He prays for his servant. He says, Lord, open the young man's eyes. And as the boy's eyes were opened, he saw mountains full of horses and chariots of fire round about the hills. Listen to me, folks. The young man saw not just rocks, not just vegetation, but the armies of the living God. He didn't see them before Elisha prayed. All he saw before that was enemy. All he saw before that was problems. But after the prayer, his eyes were open and a flaming ring of protection encircled the prophet of God. Chariots of flame signaled the power and the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, folks. Listen to me. You will have joy in your life. You will have joy in your life. You say, but they have iron chariots, but the problem seems too big. But I've been dealing with depression for, for so long. You shall have joy in your life. You can. You can have a good marriage. You can have a good marriage. You will have peace in your life. Your children will be saved. They can. Not only can they, but they will be. That's what you need to speak. My children will be saved. Speak that prophetically. My children will be saved. My children will live for God. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. See it and say it. Declare that it shall be in your life. The apostles were eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They saw him die upon the cross. They knew that he was buried in a tomb. And after that, they seen him alive and with them. They were eyewitnesses. They saw it and they declared it. And because of that, they declared things by faith that weren't made yet uh, visible. How could they do it? Uh, by faith uh, they could see it uh, and they could prophetically declare it that God was going to make a way where there seemed to be no way. Even though you were facing iron chariots, uh, you will overcome. You shall overcome. You will be victorious. And what you need to do is declare it uh, as well. Call those things that are not uh, as though they were. Call those things that you don't see uh, yet uh, as though they are right now. They not manifest themselves yet, uh, but they will. They shall. It will come to pass. Uh, come on, somebody. You're above and not beneath. Uh, you are a believer. These signs shall follow them that believe. 
God, open up his eyes. Let him realize that this is a supernatural battle. If we walk by sight, we'll walk through life scared to death. Just walk by sight. All I see is the battle. All I see is the enemy. All I see is the mess. All I see is the Syrian army. Open up my eyes so that I can see. Fear gripped the servant. Fear not, the prophet said. The same thing that the angel said to Mary. Same thing also that the angel said to the shepherds that were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Fear not. It's the same thing that Jesus spoke to his disciples when they were in the midst of the storm, in the middle of the sea. Fear not. Jesus said it to them. Fear is an obvious issue. Old Testament, new alike. We have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Elisha told God, open my servant's eyes. And he saw the heavenly host. Elisha told God to shut the eyes of the enemies. And the enemies went blind. And they led them downtown to Samaria. Elisha leads the pack. They fed them and let them go. Folks, God can fix your situation in an instant, in a moment. All things can change just like that but you've got to trust in him you got to depend on him you got to believe that he's doing something behind the scenes it's not only as you see it with the natural eye. God is working. God is doing. God is moving. You might let fear and doubt and heartbreak cloud your eyes. Uh, Elisha was war not warned. Elisha wasn't warned that we know of or we read. If he was, we didn't, we didn't read about it. Elisha wasn't told how to escape and get out of this problem and get to the next town. He trusted God to see him through his problem. He lost no sleep over what was taking place servant had to wake him up when you can't see sometimes you seek the wrong solution the servant couldn't see what was going on in the spirit he runs to Elisha and says what do we do how are we going to get out of this problem what's the escape route and what he thought was not the answer at all. Sometimes when your vision is cloudy, you think the answer is this. But what you need to know is that God's got everything in control. God is in charge. It's not just your little world and you have to figure it out, everything, everything, and everything. Put your hand over everything. He's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. If you've made him Lord of all, you're trusting in him. Doesn't mean don't do the responsibilities of life. You still work, you still pay your bills and do such like that that's in your control. But when something comes out of your control, you don't just sit back in fear and say, oh, how in the world are we going to overcome? How in the world are we going to get out of it? They've got iron chariots. Uh, we don't have iron chariots. Uh, the situation just seems too big for us to overcome. No, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Lord, open that we might see. Lift your hands to the Lord and ask him to help you this morning. God, open our eyes. Help us to, help us to see.
Get our eyes off the task. Get our eyes off the problem. Get our eyes off of things that seem too large for us to accomplish and, 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 and help us to depend upon you and believe that there are more for us than there are against us. The problem was not the Syrians. If you read this story and you really dig into it, the problem was not the enemy. The problem was not who came against the children of God. The problem was apparently servant couldn't see the problem wasn't with what was surrounding them the problem was with the servant he's seeing the wrong thing and he couldn't see the right thing he could only see what was against him he could only see what the devil was doing he could only see what the enemy was doing God opened his eyes and let him see what he was doing let him see what's happening and you're seeing is if all you're seeing is in the natural and you're thinking, this is wrong. Folks, you're not forsaken. You are not cast down. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. God is working right here and right now. You are a child of God. And there are more for you than there are against you. God, help us to see. Thursday, Jesus, we talked about Jesus didn't speak to the doubters. He spoke first to Jairus. Don't fear. Only believe. Don't fear. I know, I know fear can grip us sometimes when we lose sight of what you're doing. Don't fear, Jairus. Only believe. Same to the disciples in the storm. He spoke to the disciples before he spoke to the storm. He did a work in their heart before he calmed the winds and the waves. Elisha didn't pray about the enemy. He didn't pray about the problem. He prayed for his servant. Folks, if you believe, and this is the whole thought here. If you believe the Bible. And you stand on God's word. You're going to get taken care of. If you put God first in your life. Not just first sometimes. You know, you're first when, 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 when you know. When this takes place or you want to go do something or whatever. And then, okay, after it's all over, okay, God, you're back first. No, that's not the way it works. God's first all the time. God's always, always first. And if you believe the Bible and you, you put him first, God provides for the very birds of the air and the lilies of the field. And, folks, you have more value than birds you have more value than birds. God is going to take care of you. It's his word. It's, it's the very word of God. But what if all the frustration that you're experiencing is because you personally need God to touch you? What if all the frustration and all the enemy and all the problems that you're, that you're seeing and that you seem to be fighting against really isn't the problem at all? They have iron chariots. And you go and start making and start, start being a, a blacksmith and building you some iron chariots. That's not the answer. What if God really needs to touch you and change you? Because you're not seeing it right. And you personally need a touch. He's got the situation covered. 
He's already done. And when his eyes were open, he saw that the, around the, the, the enemy was all these, all these chariots of fire, the army of the Lord. He didn't see that. So the issue was him, not the problem. God's got it all under control. Lord, open his eyes and let him see. He can only see the issue. He can only see the problem. Lord, help him to see what you're doing. Lift your hands to him all across this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, help us here today. Let us get a fresh touch from heaven today. Let us believe that thus saith the Lord shall come to pass in our life. If you've done it before, you can do it again. If you healed before, you can heal again. If you filled before, you can fill again. Door has not closed on this. We are the book of Acts church. Book of Acts doesn't have an amen at the end of it. It's a continuation. A continuation of the church of the living God. Somebody say hallelujah. God help us today. Lift your hands one more time as we stand to our feet all across this house. Now we're going to we're going to declare some things and we're going we're gonna to cast our cares on him. We're going to ask God to, to change our heart and change our mind and help us to see the right thing, not the wrong thing. See God working, not, not God, not, not, not the enemy working, but see God working. See God making a way out of no way. To see God touching our lives and, and somehow moving and, and working. You know, if we're always just, just overcome by the issue and the problem, we're not seeing the host of, uh, of the chariots and the army of the Lord that is, that is already there. They were already there even before Elisha prayed for the servant. He said, Lord, open up his eyes that he may see. It's already there. It's already there. Every little problem that arises, sometimes it floods your heart and floods your mind, and that's all you see. Folks, God has it covered. He's got it covered. You need to change your thinking of God getting me out of this problem and start speaking some things. Start speaking some positive faith things in your life. Whatever your issue is, whatever your problem is, cast your cares on him for he careth for you. But above and beyond that, God, work in lives. Work in my family. Work in my home. Do what you want to do. God, use me for your glory. Not for my glory, for your glory. That's another, that's another showstopper. You're doing this for you. None of it's for you. It's all for him. If it's for me, it comes to naught. But if it's a God thing, if it's a God thing, God always takes care of his stuff. He always takes care of his stuff. He always takes care of his children. I want you to move from where you are right now. And I know sometimes we're slow to do this. I think, I think COVID got people out of the habit. And folks, we're so beyond that. You ought to get back in the habit. Moving from where you are and gathering around the front. And, and let's declare some things in our life. Declare some things over our homes. Declare some things in our family. Declare some positive workings in our life. God, you will touch. God, you will heal. You're going to do it. 
you're going to do it. You're going to bless your kids. You're going to bless your children. You're going to bless my life. It's your word. I'm going to trust in you. God, you will save. You will save. You will add to the church daily such as we should be saved. You will help that marriage. You will help that individual to get his eyes off of him and off of the problem and onto you and onto what you're doing. Come on, cast your cares upon him right now and begin declaring some things in your life. I will be healed. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am a child of God. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved us. There's more that be for us than be for them. There's more with us than against us. And if God be for us, tell me who can be against us. Come on, declare some things in your life. Declare some things in your life. Declare some things in your life. Speak it out. Speak it out. I will be victorious. I will be victorious. I will be victorious. I will live above it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you will bless my home. You will bless my family. It will happen. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. In Jesus' name. I believe, I believe, I believe. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. You shall overcome. Fear not. I don't care if they do have iron chariots. I don't care if the odds are stacked against you. If you put God first, you shall overcome. 